Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for enjoying so far both seasons of this show. It's been really great being able to introduce so many great people to all of you for over 50 episodes. And if you have not yet subscribed, I really hope you do. Um, the show is not only available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean, but as of this week, it is now available on Amazon. That's right. Amazon has started their own podcast selections, and Excelsior Journeys is one of them. So there's another way that you can go ahead and start following the show. All you have to do is just go to your Amazon Music app, which if you have Amazon Prime, that opens up a whole lot more to you, and go to the podcast selection, type in Excelsior Journeys, you'll see the show right there. Remember, your subscriptions, your likes, your reviews, your sharing means the world to me. Thank you so much to everyone for being here. Now, this is September, and football season has finally started. It feels like, it feels like forever the way that this whole year has been going, especially uh, considering what different directions they were going to do with, uh, with how they were going to present NFL. And uh, thankfully, we have games going, and it's on a regular schedule. Um, obviously, it's a little different, you know, considering that there are no fans there. Uh, but the piped-in noise, you know, kind of acts, brings a little bit of, of, uh, of what we know uh, into it. Now, I, uh, you know, those of you who don't know me, I've been a Giants fan for pretty much my whole life. Uh, my grandfather uh, wound up getting, uh, befriending someone while he was working as a superintendent for, the, uh, for a, uh, an apartment complex over in the Bronx. And that got him, uh, that wound up allowing him to meet one of, the, one of the gentlemen who was in the front office of the Giants at the time. And he was able to hook my grandfather up with tickets. That eventually passed along to my father. And that created so many great memories for myself. Uh, went to my first game in 85 uh, against the Rams. They won that, that was great. The second game was the season finale for the, uh, for the 86 season when they took on the Packers. By the time my father and I got there, it was already Giants 24, Packers nothing. And I still remember one great moment where my father lifted me up. You know, I was 10, lifted me up over his, uh, over his head, and I got to see like all of Giants Stadium going absolutely wild. And so many great memories you know, like are tied to this team, and uh, obviously – you know, their, their last two Super Bowls being the Patriots, huge, huge highlights. And um, if you are a Giants fan, if you are also, you know, one of uh, a Giants fan like myself, there is a, uh, there is a presence that you have likely seen quite a bit throughout, throughout, uh, throughout the team. And that is a, uh, that is a man named Joe Ruback. And Joe is uh, basically known as LPG or license plate guy. Um, he's, got his own identity with, uh, with wearing uh, various license plates around his neck. And, it cre and um, he's been very gracious to, you know, to give his time 
uh, as a basically like an ambassador for the Giants, and also go uh, go on to um, not only befriend many members of the team, but also work with them on various uh, on various charitable events and. That's what I'm really thrilled about, too, because, you know, Joe very well could have just, you know, just used his, you know, just enjoyed the fact that he's got his own connections and that's it. The fact that he chose to give back in this way means a lot. And it's something that I have always admired, and I'm really thrilled that we have him here to further discuss this. So if I, uh, so without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce Joe Ruback. Joe, how are you, sir? I'm good, George. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's my pleasure. And uh, wow, you 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 brought up some. Uh, first of all, thank you for those kind words. But you brought up some amazing history. I remember being at that same game, and you know, just a few weeks was it not? Maybe not even a few weeks. Maybe it was like a few days. The Giants had had gotten Tom Flynn. From, yes. Yep. From <laughs> the Packers, and he. <laughs> He uh, uh, blocked a punt and and scored a touchdown in that 55-10, I believe that was the score. Um, uh, 55-24, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who cares? But yeah, it was 55. <laughs> we had the 55, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I remember the next day cutting out of the newspaper. I was a kid, too. Cutting mm-hmm. out the newspaper of a picture of Flynn scoring and he had the most amazing smile <laughs> in his helmet, you know, from ear to ear because oh, great. He, had, he had scored against his old teammates. So, uh, yeah, wow. As soon as you said that, I just just flashbacks. Uh, so, so, so many awesome memories uh, w- with this team. And uh, so before we go into it, what are, your, what are your thoughts about how they're presenting it this year? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm destroyed. I mean yeah. – uh, <laughs> You know, this would have been my 20th year uh, attending every home and away game. Mm-hmm. It would have been my 40-something year of every home game. Um, I don't care so much for the streak because all streaks end. Yeah. Uh, besides, I'll take an asterisk. Everybody else in this world gets an asterisk. I'll take one, too. There but, you go. Um, I don't know. It's just. It just takes on a whole different meaning. The world is so different. 2020 changed, changed the world and not, not for the better. So, yeah. you know, thank God at the end of the day, football's still going on. You know, you, you and I could sit here, or it sounds like just me, I could sit here and complain about <laughs> it. But at the end of the day, we have football and we should be, we should be darn lucky about that alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, before we go into uh, the uh, latest thing that you've, that, uh, you've been working on, what, um, how did you like game one? Um, you know, as a Giant fan, we really haven't had much in the last 10 years, eight to 10 yeah. years. We had an 11 and five, but, but other than that, Giant fans have been struggling and, and we're not mm-hmm. so good on patience. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not doing too well. Um, but, you know, you go through some head coaches, you go through some changes, you, you know, the end of an era with Manning. And, and you know, uh, I know every team in all sports yeah. eventually has to, you know, take some kind of a turn. Um, but, yeah, I get jealous of seeing teams like, you know, the Patriots and, 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 and teams like that, that, that all of a sudden just never lose. So, yeah. 
so let me get back to your question. Game one was okay. Um, yeah. There was a lot to take from it. I thought the defense was uh, flying around the ball. I thought Joe Judge had control. It just looked like a different team. Yeah. Um, I was extremely encouraged by the 19-play drive. Yes, it ended in zero points. It ended in a turnover. Thank God it wasn't a fumble. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, there was a lot of positives to take out of it. And, and I've been asked this question so many times about game one, and I can honestly say – it just feels like a different 0 and 1. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like this is this is not, you know, like the 0 and 1 was like, "Oh, let's pack it in. Let's go for that first round. You know, let's go for that number 1 pick," which so many people are so willing to do after just like 0 0 and 1, 0 and 2. Sure, and that crushes me, bro. That absolutely yeah. crushes my soul because mm -hmm. if you think that I'm going to wait 6, 7, 8 months to root for a draft pick by the end of September, you got another thing coming. Exactly. And I don't, I, I don't, listen, I don't care what your opinion is. Everybody has an opinion, and I'm cool with that. If you yeah. want to be the Giant fan that roots for the number one draft pick, go ahead. If you want right. to be the Giants fan that puts a bag over your head, go ahead, do that too. Make sure it's plastic, but go ahead and do it. <laughs> but with that said, I am going – I've been called many things, but I've been called a homer, and I could care less. You want to call me a homer? No problem. I'm never going to throw the organization under the bus. Yes, mm -hmm. I could be critical like the next guy, but there's no sense. It doesn't do you any good. I just wait for them to win next week, and if it's not next week, it's a week after that. If it's not that week, it's a week after that. And let me take you back to the Washington game, the Chase, mm -hmm. Chase Young game. Did yeah. I root for oh, the yeah. Giants? Did I root for the Giants to lose? No. I rooted for them to win. Winning changes your culture. And yeah. I know the Giant fans are kind of, you know, fed up with that word culture, but it does change the culture. Who's to say that the Giants got Chase Young and the next freaking five years we're looking for an offensive tackle? Right. So, so things happen for a reason. We weren't able to get them. Uh, it, it, for whoever follows me on social media at License Play Guy, you already know that I said offensive tackle no matter what, even mm -hmm. though, yes, I want to chase Young, but now I think he's going to be a bust. Wink, wink. But yep. uh, I, I, do like, uh, I do like the pick. Um, I did want to win. And every Giant fan out there, again, root how you want to root. I'll never tell someone they're a fake fan, but if you're rooting for the draft pick come September – first weeks in October, you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, man. Like it's all exactly what you said, you know, like about waiting for that long just to go ahead and just pack it in after a couple of weeks. Like that, that is infuriating to me. It's infuriating. I, I, yeah. I used to, uh, I used to be a, uh, an athletic director at a camp in the summers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an athletic director in, in a school, but in the summers, I used to uh, work at a camp and we used to have this saying, you know, you wait 10 for two. And mm -hmm. when you, it's camp, you wait 10 months just for two months. And I've always, I've always put that in the same category as some fans that believe in draft picks. I didn't yeah. wait all this long and football, you know, it is a marathon. You got to wait the entire season. Some crazy stuff can happen in the middle and the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start, let's go back to the beginning here. Like what, um, how did you find the Giants? How did the Giants find you? You know, like what, uh, uh, where, where did it all start? Same as you, man. Uh, you know, Giant fans are bred into the family. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if your grandfather's a fan, if your aunt's a fan, if your you know your great grandmother was a fan, your <laughs> ass was a fan. Part of my language, and, <laughs> and you you had no choice, or else you'd be living somewhere else. So mm-hmm. so you know, I was I remember going to games in the seventies with mm-hmm. my with my dad. I was just a little kid, and 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 I never stopped. And uh, you know that that's literally how I became a Giants fan. Nice. Was it just like, what was it about that team that really just kind of grabbed you? I've, obviously it's a family thing, but you know, like, was there something that really kind of kept you going? Cause like for me, I came in right around the time when Parcells was really gearing up that culture of, you know, just not find like the best guys, just find the right guys and be, and it really turned like this whole, like kind of very much like kind of a working class kind of kind of team that was just like, they're, they're just they're just there to play to play beat the living hell out of you and not do anything flashy, and it just seemed yeah. like that's yeah. that was that's that's what they've that's a that's something that they've been trying to like hold on to like for all these years after that. Yeah, you 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 came in the era of Parcells talking about bringing your briefcase to work and doing your job and mm-hmm. and uh, being held accountable and yeah. doing the right thing, minus Lawrence Taylor. But I, <laughs> so, so, you know, for me, it was a little different because I was becoming a fan at the time where kids are becoming fans now. If you really want to know the truth, mm-hmm. I was in the dark days in the 70s. So oh, yeah. it was a little different for me, but, but my dad, you know, would tell me stories about the polo grounds. Mm-hmm. And this and that, and he's he's always been a Giants fan, and uh, you know, like like everybody in their family, you like I said before, you literally are going to be what your father is, what your yeah. what your mother is, and and even back then, you know, they used to commercials and merchandise used to be really Roger Starback and you know and Terry Bradshaw stuff and stuff like that, and and my dad would you know again. He'd kick me out of the house at five years old if I had any of that on. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my father told told me uh, he's told me the stories of uh, of the seventies. He went, you know, like when when people are just saying how like oh you know like I can't you know this this really sucks. I've never seen this bad. I'm just like, dude, my dad went to the Yale Bowl games. Okay, <laughs> it's like he he stepped through all of them, and I think they may have won one over there. The, like the two years that they were there. So yeah, that's that's exact. Those are the stories that I heard nonstop, and and maybe there's something, uh, maybe there's something to that, you know, like not jumping on the bandwagon even as a kid, like like rooting for them through the dark days into the good days. So you know, there's there's something to that. And they don't seem like a, like a real kind of bandwagon type team either. You know, they've they've no. never really seemed like that to me. Never, actually, yeah. in all my years, never. Yeah. <laughs> Even in like 86, you know, like when they were just beating the hell out of everyone, it was just, you know, they, that first half, they weren't quite, you know, they were winning, but they weren't quite, you know, like gelling the way they would until that Minnesota game. You know, like, I, mean, but, uh, I mean, I mean, the third and 17, I, I, I don't know that that's, I have a different take on that because I went again, I was just, I was a teenager. I went to the, to the Giants Bears game in 85. Um, oh jeez! Oh. I was. Hey, let me tell you something, man. I first of all, I was freezing. I never experienced. Yeah. <laughs> I never experienced wind coming off the lake like that. I had like a t-shirt on. But uh, 
I'd never forget Rob Carpenter before he fumbled that ball in the fifty on the mm -hmm. first series. The Giants were moving, baby. They were moving. Yeah. And then and then twenty one nothing, you know, showing that I'm missing the fun and everything later. So so back then if you remember, it was almost like you had to wait your due. Yeah. You know, the Bears lost the previous year. They came back with that defense. The Giants lost to the Bears. They came back next year and won it. Yeah. So, you know, as a Giants fan, 86 was going to yeah. be their year. And yeah. it was. And it's funny. It's funny you say that, too, because 87 wound up being the Redskins when the Giants had beaten them in the conference. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. That was, a, that, that was a hell of a run, you know, like right there. That, that, the NFC, man, they were just, especially during those years, man, they were something. Um, and it's great. And it's great that the Giants were able to, like, you know, to get back there in that same era. You know, like, that was, um, that was something. So, um, so, how, so how did the Giants, like, uh, find you? You know, because, you know, like, you've gotten this, you know, kind of exposure that, you know, so many fans would, uh, you know, I'm sure definitely envy. Yeah. You know what? Thanks for saying that. I mean, I, I take the hate with the good, though. Mm -hmm. um, I get a lot of that as well. And I guess whether it's jealousy or what have you, I, I, you know, I kind of embrace it and, you know, basically tell them to have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as the giants are concerned, you know, in 2000, I said to myself that I was going to go to every single giants game home and away. Nice. And I don't know why I did it. I don't, I, I I was always going to like one or two away games, whether it was my father or a friend. But mm -hmm. in 2000, I wanted to go to all the games. I don't know what it was. And I went to all the games. That was a good year, year though. That was, that was a good year. Crap, they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I went, I went this whole year and they made it to the Super Bowl. It was incredible. Yeah. So, so I don't – we don't well, – George, we don't talk about that Super Bowl, by the way. No. No, no. It's no. – yeah. So anyway, they got, they they got the 41 nothing, and then you know, that was, that's a wrap on the season. So, yeah. So they went to some big game. And yeah. then, <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, it was, you know, I got a little exposure, but there was no social media or anything. But there was a lot of people like, oh, my God, that guy's here again. You know, that's pretty yeah. cool. And then fast, fast forward, I was going to every game, mm -hmm. but I wasn't sitting front row. I yeah. mean, I only sit front row at the away games. Gotcha. But I wasn't sitting front row then. So fast forward to 2007, and guess what? I say, you know what? I'm going to sit front row at these games. Nice. Somehow. Of all seasons to pick. Yep. The Giants go all the way to the Super Bowl. I, you know, I get caught, you know, saying, oh, my God, after Tyree's catch. Yep. My yeah, I got caught on NFL Films. I remember that. Yep. I wasn't even – I wasn't even a license plate guy, even though I was wearing my plates. I was the oh my God guy. <laughs> so that's a true story. Like I would, the next season after the Giants win the Super Bowl, I would go to Giants camp in Albany or Giants Stadium. Like, oh my God, there's the oh my God guy. There's the oh my God guy. And I'm like, who's the oh my God guy? Oh, because I said, oh my God. You know, I wasn't even putting two and two together. <laughs> and, uh, and social media just took off and, uh, People want to know about the plates and people mm -hmm. want to know about, oh my God. And, and that's it. It just, it just it blew out of proportion. I, and I loved it. What was that first plate? Which one, which one is the, uh, the one that really got that whole thing going? Cause that was, that's a hell of an identity right there. It, it is. And it's, you know, it's still my identity today. I, uh, you know, I have it tattooed on my leg. I, I got the plate 
when I was uh, 16 years old. Nice. I trust me, George. When I was 10, I was thinking about customized plates. You know, when I, I can't wait to drive, I can't wait to drive. Okay. And then my mom took me to motor vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing online. Yeah. That you could do, and 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 I went to motor vehicles and waited in line, which felt like a week. And I went up to the counter and, and she punched it in the computer and, and, and giants was taken. And I was, I was devastated. Actually. I think I, I think I was crying like a baby to be honest. Uh, and it was my mom's idea to change the I into a one. Nice. And it was G one, G one A N T S. And I, I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. And you know, since the giants are number one anyway, mm-hmm. I like it. Lady punched it in the computer and, to this day, I still have it on my car. Nice, yeah, and that's and that's a, and that's a, you can basically just say Giants won. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's that's the way I've that's the way I've had it ever since. I, I that's you know that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And and, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, I've had it. Uh, I've had it for many many years, and and I'll, I'll never give it up. So was it the was it the um, that sort of that sort of uh, exposure that you had to the um, on the NFL films, is that what kind of gravitated the players over to you as well? So, no, it was, I, so this is funny. So I became friends with a few players, but during that year in 2007 or eight, mm-hmm. I was in a hotel, I think it was Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in the lobby and this guy turns around and he's like, hey. And I turn around and I'm like, are you talking to me? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, who the F are you? And it was Brandon Jacobs. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and I said, I- I'm Joe. And he goes, no, no, no. Who the hell are you, bro? You go to every game. You sit in the front row. I saw you here. I saw you in Seattle. I saw you in Dallas. Who the F are you? And we sat in the lobby and talked for three hours. And then I I think I went to his house that day for the next eight years until he moved, until he moved to Atlanta. And, you know, we became very close friends and I, and that's, that's basically, that was my first friend and that's where it took off. Nice. Nice. And that's a good, that's a good uh, starter to have right there. Brandon Jacobs, (laughs) man. He's like the worst of that. Right. And then Brandon Jacobs would, you know, his, very large mouth and, and, and aura, you know, the next thing I know. Getting into Rex Ryan's face is always yeah. fun. Yeah, you know, shut up, fat boy. You know, I, you know, he introduced me to, you know, Ahmad and Danny Ware and, and, and Ward. And, you know, then Chase Blackburn and I became very friend, uh, very good friends. And, you know, I go to Chase Blackburn's house maybe three, four times a year in North Carolina. So, nice. you know, I made friends for life. They weren't just football players to me. They were, they were men. They were friends, you know. They yeah. were they were like you and I sitting here talking, to be honest. They just happened to be my idols. Um, right. Idols who became friends. That's so cool. That's so cool. And so um, so during that time, like getting to befriend like all, all these these different players and everything, what was the what was the impetus that kind of like moved you toward, uh, you know, starting up events, you know, with them? So, so I would always be invited to these guys, uh, charity works, whether it was a bowling match, a ping pong tournament. Mm-hmm. And they always wanted me involved, um, you know, whether I was a friend or whether, you know, I knew sponsors or whether, 
I was coming to hang out and they enjoyed my company, whatever. It could be a, a myriad of things that would, you know, get me to the events. And, and then, you know, I don't think it was until Landon Collins yeah. and I are at the Pro Bowl. Well, I'm visiting. He's playing. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the Pro Bowl together. Right. And, uh, <laughs> we're in the we're in the lobby of the Provo Hotel in Orlando, actually. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, you were right. And I'm like, I was right about what? He goes, at the beginning of this year, you said I was going to be in the Pro Bowl. And we sat down nice. at the bar and I said, I said, you know what, Landon? I said, I do so much. I do so many things. I'm like, do you want to do some kind of a, like a charity event? And he was like, mm-hmm. sure, I'm in. And I'm like, I didn't tell you what, though. He goes, I'm in. It doesn't matter. Nice. Let's do it. <laughs> and and uh, you know what? I don't tell this story enough, and I should. Mm-hmm. He, he said yes so quick that I was so nervous that he wouldn't come through. Yeah. That I called Brandon Jacobs, and I said, listen, if this guy jerks me around, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, do you want to – should you and I get the 42 and 46 team – to get a softball team to play the current Giants. And Brandon's like, let's do it. So I called all my friends from that team. And then I got Collins to get guys. And I got guys from the current team. Mm-hmm. And holy cow, I couldn't believe it. I had 70 Giants at my first event. Wow. 70 Giants at wow. my first event. I mean, years later, I had 101. But I mean, <laughs> 70 Giants at my first event. We raised... Uh, I think the first year, 30000 for the Tom Coughlin J Fund. The next year, raised 40000 And next year after that, raised another forty. I mean, I'm, I'm into the six figures as far as charity work, and that's probably my claim to fame. Um, yeah. uh, it's probably my best, you know, work ever. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I appreciate guys like you talking about the charity piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, I, I don't want to – I don't know. I don't want to sit here and and lie and say that that you know I only did it for charity. No, I got to hang out with a hundred giants. Yeah, <laughs> I got to hang out with a hundred of my friends, <laughs> and I give it to charity. It was a no-brainer. It was the greatest thing I ever did. And and uh, until COVID hit, I still would have had my event this year. So we'll skip this year, and I'll I'll do it for the fourth time next year. There you go. There you go. And so, so you had that. And then um, I've also, you know, like saw, seen that you had done like uh, some smaller things like, you know, different signings here and there around the, around the Jersey, New York area. Yeah. So, so I always try and do some kind of event, whether it's just me or with some giants to give back to my following actually, and to give back to giant fans. Yeah. So, you know, you know, another great thing that, that, my platform has given me, you know, I did have, uh, you know, a nice little relationship with Steiner Sports. I have a relationship with Fanatics. I do some stuff with Foco. I mm-hmm. do some stuff, you know, like all these little companies that I could push on my social media and then hook some of the giant players up with them as well. Yeah. So that stuff is great. So when I couldn't do the event, I started doing my events for charity. So if someone wanted a signing and and look, maybe there's one or two people in the world that want my signature. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a player. I'm not talking about where thousands of people come out. Right. But, but all of my signs, 
memorabilia, all of the jerseys I had made, all the stuff I made for the Landon Collins game, all that kind of stuff, all the signed stuff, I decided to go on Twitter and to go on different sites and put it out there. And I gave 100% of that to charity. That's awesome. That's so cool. So speaking of, of that, like all the, you know, the different custom jerseys and everything that you have, there's one in particular that unfortunately is, you know, became <laughs> invalid. And that was the, and I, I loved what you did with this though, because, you know, like yes. obviously, obviously, you know, like being, you know, being Giants fans, we're not Eagles fans. <laughs> and I do love the fact that, you know, that all four teams just really, really hate each other. That just, that that just you know really cements the NFC East as like the best division in in I would say in all of sports, um, but the um, but I um, any time that you had gone to either gone to you know Giant Stadium, still Giant Stadium to me, damn it, that's correct. <laughs> yep, or you know like or in Philly, you know like you always had you know like uh, this custom jersey with Giants on the front and on the back, yeah. it was an Eagles jersey, but it said Super Bowls zero. Obviously, that's no longer the case, but it was a great way to, you know, kind of troll the fans and get them, you know, get them riled up. And from what I hear, like, they were actually, like, kind of taking it in stride. You know, they would, you know. No, no, no. You're way wrong on that, my friend. No? Then, no nothing, nothing in Philly, nothing in Philly takes it in stride. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that, that jersey lasted 13 glorious years that I oh, wore man. it to the 13 years I wore that in Philly. And there's, there's so many different stories in that jersey alone. So the front has four Super Bowl patches yep. and a big old trophy on it. And mm -hmm. the back, like you said, was the Eagles green. The name was Super Bowls and a big zero. Now, look, I wore it for 13 years. And yep. they hated me there, bro. I mean, they <laughs> hated me. And everybody would always say, like, how do you have the balls to wear that in Philly? And I would say, I would say, and I mean this, by the way, mm -hmm. it's a little different when you sit front row because yeah. you have security, police, the players, everything is front of you. I mean, good luck trying to leave and come in, but I'm just right. saying, I'm just <laughs> saying. And the funny part about Philly is if the Philadelphia Eagles win, mm -hmm. no, if the Philadelphia Eagles lose, you're in trouble. Yeah. If the Philadelphia Eagles win, you're still in trouble. <laughs> so it doesn't matter when you go to Philly. So, so this is great. So I have this jersey made, and one of the one of the first times I wore it in public, mm -hmm. I was going to lunch. Yeah. With DRC mm -hmm. and Prince Amukamara. Oh, nice. And I go and meet up with them at this signing they were at at a mall mm -hmm. and they said you know pick us up we'll go grab something to eat after the signing no problem right. i show up with the jersey on it was philly's week <laughs> and the owner of the place says hey can i get a picture of you and the two players i'm like of course yeah he's like oh just stand stay backwards stay backwards let let them you know let them anyway long story short <clears throat> takes a picture puts it on social media it picture goes viral Right. It was on the back of the, the New York Post. It was on the back of the Daily News. Tom Coughlin hated it. He oh, was yeah. so mad at me. <laughs> and it was so innocent, George. I yeah. just wore it. I just wore it to lunch. I didn't yeah. expect it to be on the back page. 
Anyway, right. the next two days later, Giants go to Philly, get shut out, destroyed, and Cruz mm -hmm. busts his knee open. Oh, so, that one, yeah. So yeah. You want to talk about a horrendous week? I mm -hmm. took so much hate that week you couldn't imagine. So anyway, fast forward many years later, Eagles win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I think I got about twenty-five thousand tweets from Eagle fans. <laughs> Uh, day in and day out at oh. all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. And finally, I called up the one of the Eagles super fans. Um, yeah. Really, really nice guy mm -hmm. that I absolutely hated. And uh, <laughs> we worked it out where let's raise some money. Mm -hmm. And we raised $10,000. $300, including a $500 check from the Eagles themselves. Wow. $10,300. The check went directly to the Tom Coughlin J Fund. Excellent. And, and the first game of the following year, mm -hmm. they had a tailgate with thousands of fans, and they burned it in the parking lot. That's that's so cool that you're, that, uh, that you're able to – do something like that. I mean, that's at the end of the day, it is just a game, you know, like it is a game, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, we love it. We all get caught up in it and everything. But at the same time, this, these, this isn't life and death as much as, you know, as, as close as it can be with, with uh, the giants and Eagles, there's still like that sort of feeling of just like, at the end of the day, it is a game. Let's all be, let's all be human, you know, like about this. So that again, George, again George, that. we're talking about Philly, bro. Be careful yeah, well, with these words. Be careful with these, well, close to human. Close to yeah, human. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, man. There, there really is something about, about these, these four teams that just really just, you know, gets everyone just riled up. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what's the uh, – what, so since 2020 has, done, has been what it is, have you done, like, any sort of, like, sort of Zoom – you know, like events or anything like that? <laughs> so, oh, man. So 2020 just keeps sucking, if you want to know yeah. the truth. <laughs> it really <Yeah>. does. <laughs> I, um, I put together a Giants tailgate. Yeah. I rented out the same ballpark that I had the celebrity softball game at. Nice. I sold over 200 tickets in one day. Wow. To go to this tailgate, which was going to be a tailgate all CDC guidelines would be followed. Nice. Um, they're going to open up the ballpark. Would uh, Every other row in the stadium was X'd out. They were mm -hmm. going to show the game on the big screen, and I was going to give 100% of that to charity as well. Yeah. So I woke up one morning, and um, my attorney uh -oh. uh, called me, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said, uh, Joe? I said, yes. He said, uh, about your tailgate. Uh -oh. I said, what? So I received a letter from the NFL. Mm -hmm. you, they sent us a cease and desist. You can't show the game. <sighs> it's not me they were going after. Right. They just can't show the game at a place that doesn't normally show the game. So I said, yeah. I said please ask the NFL if they would give us a one-day license. Mm -hmm. They turned us down. I then asked them to ask the NFL if we could give 100% of the proceeds to the charity of their choice. 
Ah. They, they again turned me down. So I had to refund all 200 tickets, which was fine because I yeah. did it on, you know, like Eventbrite or whatever. Right. And I don't know. It just, it just was like, welcome to 2020 all over again. And I yeah. tried so hard to do something. Instead, I had a, you know, I had like a news crew come to the house. It was my first game in, 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 in 19 years that I got to watch on, on TV. Yeah. And which was mind boggling to me because I was like, oh my God, these replays are amazing. Like I never, yeah. I never really, <laughs> never saw those before, you know? Yeah. So, so it, it is what it is. Uh, this week, again, tomorrow I'll be watching it at home. Um, the next week after that, Sam Fran, I believe. The week after that is in, is in L.A. There are no fans. Um, the week after that, I am going to Dallas. Oh. I am going to Dallas. They have um, X amount of fans are allowed, and I'm going. Nice. Nice. Yes. That's yes. So, so if 2020, you know, getting back to that asterisk I was telling you about, if 2020 right. allows fans, I'm there. There you go. There you go. Because I mean, like, it's not like it's not like the the stadiums are open and you're just missing the games and everything. Just like they're not letting you in. Therefore, they're not letting you in. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm just not, say I'm like any any game that that you know where fans are in attendance, there you are. So like, there's that's, that's correct. That's correct. There's the record right there. You know. It's um, all right. So what um. So what do you th- so um just real quick what are your thoughts for the it's it like you said before when uh the fact that this is a a definitely different feeling for O and one um I I'm get I'm getting good vibes I'm definitely getting good vibes from this team it sounds like you know like even though like even though they lost there's still progress they're not quitting they're actually like getting out there and playing all sixty minutes uh so yeah, what are your well, thoughts George, George get back. Get back to me when they're, you know, one and four, one and five. You're still going to have that same attitude because I will, and I know yeah. you will. Oh, yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, – and that is something, you know, that, that is something. You know, like a lot of people are just, you know, would say if they – if the teams – if the team themselves don't care, why should I? But, you know, like it's – can't help it. <laughs> you just – you know, there's something about, you know, like uh, about the NFL that just really – you know, those kinds of yeah. losses, those kinds of wins, like they give you the highest highs and the lowest lows, you know, like that's. Yeah. It is something about, there's something about a fandom. That's it. Yeah. It's, you can root any way you want, but, but, you know, your question, how do I feel about, you know, the, the, the season? Um, I'll tell you right now that uh, tomorrow is a must win because mm-hmm. you don't, uh, you don't beat the bears and you're looking at, at San Francisco, the Rams, and and Dallas, oh my goodness! I don't even want I, I don't even want to talk about what could what could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can get like just some some sort of win like under their belts and everything, then get that confidence going. Then yeah. Hey, look, uh, I'm, they I'm got the hoping, ability. I agree. I'm hoping at three and three, and then taking off from there. There you go. That's a good way to do it. That's a good way, and that's a that's a hell of a way to end to end this right here as well. So like um, so. Joe, thank you so much for being a part of the show and everything. It's been great just hearing about your own your own journey with this team and how you've been able to um, to give back to the to the community as a whole. And um, before we before we log off, um, can you give us uh, some information about the Tom Coughlin J uh, J Fund? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I did several years with the Tom Coughlin J Fund the last year believe it or not, I, I switched it up on them. 
Um, I don't know if TC was happy about that, but, but I, do, <laughs> I, I do like to give to, to, you know, different organizations. The Tom Coffer J Fund was so easy to give to because I had Super Bowl 42 and 46 guys there. So, yeah. you know, and to have Eli Manning show up my event, oh my God, I was, he's the only person in my, all my years that I'm still a little nervous around, which is so weird. But yeah. then, then I'll tell you a, a quick story uh, and then I'll let you go. You'll let me go. No, whatever. go for it. Wait, uh, we got time. So, yeah. You know, Tom Coughlin didn't make the event the first year and he sent a video message and it mm -hmm. was a really cool message. And then the next year he sent another message and I was, I was not happy. I was yeah. happy with that. I could show the, 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 the video, but the video was crappy. He mm. wasn't like into it. He wasn't like, thank you so much again. He was, I don't know. It was just like, hi, great to be here. Thanks. Tom Coughlin. And as they're playing a the message, the son of a gun walks out from the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so I'll never ever forget that, that people like Saquon Barkley and, and Odell and, and, and Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning, all these guys came to the event, but, yeah. but that he actually showed, because he doesn't show to anything. So, right. so his, his, um, his charity, you could find the, the, the Tom Coughlin J Fund online anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. They're mm -hmm. uh, just a ridiculous organization. But the last, the last one I did was for the St. Christopher's Inc. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, an agency that deals with troubled youth in New York. And I mm -hmm. believe that that was, it, it just was something that hit home to me. You know, the kids don't have anything. So raising money for, for, for them was, was just tremendous. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking into various charities for next year as well. And, uh, and where, where good hard earned giant fans money could go then. That's great. That's great, man. And um, so, it, so it's a JAY fund, right? Yes, the J, yeah, the J fund and the JAY for for the, the the football player at Boston College who mm -hmm. uh, who passed away. Nice. That's great. That is great, man. So remember this: that uh, that even if you're able to you know get to get to one position, it's always good to look back and do what you can for the community as a whole. That's everything that Joe is doing right now. It's something he continues to do, and it's something that uh, that I really hope serves as an inspiration for so many around uh, around the country. So, for Joe Ruback, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, 
Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.